required. And so I, I, I brought some more of these highly expensive little tablets for you to create your gratitude journal. And so I'm, I'm going to hold you to it. I, if I see you somewhere, I'm, my first question is not going to be, how are you doing? It's, how's the journaling going? And is it working for you? Are you developing an attitude of gratitude? Because it's really something that we need to work on. Because it doesn't come first nature for us. Okay, so last night was so much fun. There was great laughter at my expense. <laughs> that dance routine was priceless. It was priceless. And there was absolutely no expense extended for that deal. <laughs> now it felt good to celebrate life. And it was an encouraging night. And what's really cool about that is Dan Larson. Dan Larson put that whole deal together. Not only put the music together, but choreographed that whole thing. Dan, stand up. Just let's show this guy, woo! I felt like you had all my dance moves down, Dan. Except for whatever you were doing on the floor there, I didn't quite understand that whole thing. Now, I just want to spend a moment expressing my gratitude and appreciation and my encouragement. And that is I'm um, really grateful for worship. I love worship. And um, the honest to God truth is I have a horrible voice, but I sing as <laughs> James Madsen's back there going, I've, I've stood next to him. I know what he's talking about, but I love to sing. And I, I sing from my toes all the way up to my nose. I'm a passionate worshiper and singer. And here's my theory. People like Pete Larson, Rich Larson, all the people up here, they aren't going to be able to sing in heaven. They're going to be listening to me sing in heaven. <laughs> I'm going to be leading music in heaven. I guarantee that. Gino, I'm leading music in heaven. I'll let you play you and Marco, but I'm leading music in heaven. And, and so I told that to our music minister, and she said, who are you going to sound like? <laughs> I was like, obviously, either Bob Dylan or Neil Diamond. <laughs> and she said to me, those guys can't sing. <laughs> she said, they do nothing but rhythmically talk. But I do want to thank Rich, and I want to thank Pete, and I want to thank Gino and Marco and Maggie and Kirk. I want to thank Susan and Becky and Dan. I want to thank Jen and Megan and Lynn because God has gifted them. God has gifted them to connect our hearts to him. So let's give it up for those amazing gifted people, huh? Yes, amen, amen. I got a special shout out and thank you to my, to my buddy, Joe Larson. He's back there, the techno savvy dude that he is. And he's a behind-the-scenes kind of guy. I had the privilege of doing Karen and Joe's wedding. Joe was unsure the whole time <laughs> about that experience and what I was going to say. And he had a right to because I, I took him, I called him out. I took some shots at him. But they were shots of love. But this guy, talking about pulling rabbits out of his hat, I just gave him a couple things just about two minutes ago. You know, he is, he is a magician. 
His uncle, Pete, is not a musician. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say I've done that so many times. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it was funny, but it was not magic. I don't know if you figured that out. So anyways, but I also want to express my gratitude to that, that character and that guy full of Jesus and passion and love, that Pete Larson, where is that mug? Where is he? Right here. Stand up. Stand up. Woo! Yeah. Can we be honest? This guy is uh, he's a man of vision. Uh, he's humble. He's as humble as they come. Um, he's, a, he's a guy with creativity and passion and energy. And um, I, I just appreciate so much what he does. And um, I have always, Jody and I and the church have always been CPC, just one church among many. Don't come, we're a bunch of sinners over there. But, <laughs> but the cool thing about um, CPC and about many of us is this ministry has impacted our church in phenomenal ways. A bunch of folks from CPC are here this weekend. We see this not as a partnership, but as we're in ministry together with Family Fest and Marriage Booster. We're not separate things, entities. We're doing life and ministry together. And it's amazing to sit around. There, there are three other folks from our staff here this weekend at the church. And um, let's make no mistake about it. This is, this is as much of the fiber of CPC as CPC is the fiber. And so I just absolutely can't tell you how much how much I love what goes on here. This is really our family retreat at CPC. Right, CPCers? Amen? Yeah. Amen. Okay. So thank you, Pete. Thank you, Family Fest. Thank you, Board. Thank you, Patty. Thank you, Barb. Thank you, all of you folks, because you bless our socks up. <clears throat> now, I, I don't know if we were able to get it, but I wanted to show you some wholly recent artwork uh, that happened uh, from kids at our church. And I don't know if, if, do we have it? Do we have it, Joel? Okay, uh, maybe we don't. If we don't, we can do an optional audible. Problem with me is I tend to over-prepare and under-deliver. And so, and that's just who I am. But I, I have a tendency to, to just have all kinds of random thoughts. I, I, I don't think I was diagnosed as ADD, but I think I could have been if they had that diagnosis when I was a kid. But I'm okay with that. I'm random. My mind works pretty, pretty crazy, right, Matt? Amen? Okay, thank you. And, uh, but um, uh, do we have them, Joey, or not? Okay, here's some recent really cool artwork from the church that I, I want to show you. These are hanging on the walls of the church. Okay, this one came from Brendan, and he drew a picture, I love my church because, and there's the pipe organ. And when Brendan was asked, what is that thing that you drew? He said, that's our orchestra machine. I love my church because of the orchestra machine. Okay, let's flip through these babies, Joe. So here's, here's another one. Um, this one, oh, okay, this one is, I love my church because of singing, playing, fam jam, and puppies. <laughs> we have puppies all over the church. It's just so, I just love the fact that we're a church that we invite puppies. Do, you, do you, some of you from your churches invite puppies? It's a ministry, invite puppies, come on. Okay, let, let, me give you, let me give you some other ones. Uh, yeah, we're puppy, puppy 
centric at our church. Um, this, this guy, Isaac, he's at the church because, let's be honest, Rafi's at the church. Why would you not be at the church? Tim Gallagher, I know you're at the church because the Rafi's at the church. Okay, let's keep flipping through these. I love this one. This is amazing. How many churches break dance? I go to church to break. We break dance at CBC. Unbelievable. We rap. It's, we, it's so cool. It's amazing. You guys should do that at your church. It's a way to invite people. Okay. And uh, oh, this one. Um, oh, I love this one. I wish you could see it. It says, I, I love my church because I worship God and God worships me. Michelle, think about that. God delights in us. I, I worship God and God worships me. That is theologically correct. God worships us. He absolutely loves us when we show up at church. It's pretty cool. Okay, so um, I'm gonna try to bring it home. And uh, Pete, remind me of when you want me to stop rambling. Give me the, you were gonna do the lasso deal. Do that. Pull it in. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> so okay. So you, you better do your assignments because I'm going to check up on you. I follow up on homework. Again, Jody and I extended ourselves uh, financially for those. And uh, we wiped out two Walmarts in the city. And then at quarter to 10 fr Friday night, we stopped at Brainerd Baxter Walmart and bought all their little books. So, um, so I really do want you to do those. And what's Interesting about that is a woman came up to me last night and she said, uh, is there any way I can get the 23 cents for this deal? I'm not doing the assignment. Lisa Hintermeister said that to me. So, okay. You won't believe how many friends I lose whenever I'm up in front. <laughs> Sorry, Lisa, but you deserve that. <laughs> okay. Okay. And finally, housekeeping deal is thank you. Thank you for asking me to speak this weekend. Um, and I, I just, I'm a random individual who likes to speak from my heart about the real things of life. And I feel that it's a, a privilege. And I want to quote one of my favorite, you guys weren't even born when this guy was popular, but my favorite Christian African-American composer and singer, his name was Andre Crouch. And this song, my tribute, will be played at my celebration of life service. And the song says this, I love it. To God be the glory for the great things that he has done. By his blood he has saved me. By his power he has raised me. To God be the glory for the great things that he has done. Amen. See, if, if anything happens... It's because of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he deserves the glory. He deserves the glory. And I've discovered that in ministry, even in spite of me, God works. Even in spite of me. I'm certain, certain it's not because of me, but it's in spite of me. So to God be the glory for the great things he's done. Okay, Rich, you've really sucked up a lot of time in that stuff, but fifth and final time together. Uh, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like him as an inviter. I want to be like him fearlessly, 
facing the fears and trusting God in them. I want to be a humble servant. Listen to this quote. Humility is not thinking less of ourselves. It's thinking of ourselves less. Humility is not thinking less of ourselves. It's just thinking less often about ourselves. What a great quote. I don't, it was an anonymous quote, but it really struck me. We talked about what humility is and how to serve. And then finally, last night, we talked about being filled with gratitude and that that's an attitude that we have to develop and it's an attitude that Jesus has. And, and I, this morning, I just want to be like Jesus and want us to be like Jesus as encouragers. Encouragers. Radical encouragers. Now, just a super great example of this that we all know happened about two months ago. You know, Blair Walsh, I don't know if you saw it, but anyways, Blair Walsh missed this chip shot. And uh, we'd be, we would have still been in the playoffs, but Blair Walsh misses a field goal that he should have made, right? At least that's what we all felt. And so what happens is a second grade teacher, she gets it, she understands encouragement, tells her kids in her class, and we're going to write Mr. Walsh some notes and we're going to draw some pictures and we're going to let Mr. Walsh know that, that he's a good guy. He missed a field goal, but he's a good person and he deserves our encouragement and love. Who, who saw any of that report on the news? That was so impactful. So the, the news folks are walking around interviewing kids and, and what happens is, is um, this camera goes on this little boy and he says, it's okay, Mr. Walsh. We all make mistakes. You just got to try harder next time. <laughs> is that wisdom or what? That is encouragement right there. That is encouragement. But what brings us cool and full circle is Mr. Walsh shows up a couple days later in this second grade class. And Mr. Walsh looks at each of those kids in the face. And I don't know if you saw that on the news. But he looks those kids in the face and he says, thank you. Thank you for the encouragement. Why? Because encouragement is powerful. It's powerful. It has amazing impacts on people. So, so what's encouragement? How would I define it? I'd say it's the act of giving someone support. It's the act of giving somebody confidence and hope. It's cheering others up and inspiring them. But to me, simply, it's putting courage in others. Encouragement inputs courage in others. This will not be challenging you intellectually, this talk. But I want to challenge you question. Do you lead with encouragement? Because encouragement is powerful. You talk about a tangible way to love others because love changes lives. Become an encourager. In fact, that's the way we should lead in life. We should lead as encouragers of others. Encouragers of others. And to me, it's this powerful gift that God has given to, to us to give to others. It's looking at others in our connected world and telling them we love them. It's appreciating them. And it's not just about what others do for us. It's not. It's about who they are to us. 
I mentioned that my father was an alcoholic and he was a good man. I loved him a lot. But, but his style of leadership was shame-based. See, the way he got across his point is he said often, often to us and to myself, he, he, he simply said, you're a bad kid. <laughs> well, about my behavior, it was about who I was. And, and my dad also used a phrase because it was a phrase his father used with him, and that was, you're stupid. You're stupid. And those messages, those shameful messages, shameful messages are messages that are not true, but somehow they attack our soul in such a way that we believe them. So I struggled for a long time. Struggled all through high school and college. Never felt smart enough. Never felt like I was a student. Couldn't understand why I would read a book three times and not get as much out of it as people who read that book one time. Constantly struggled with, I'm stupid. And my dad used to say things like, and he didn't mean to, because, but his dad said it to him. He used to say things like, anything that you have to say is not important. And so when we finished with seminary and we started preaching and being in the pulpit, I, it was the most scary thing in the world for me. I felt stupid and I felt like I had nothing to say. The shameful messages about our soul that somehow we believe, but they're not true. Why is that? Why is that? Well, I think for my dad, it was the way he was parented and he didn't know any better. But the amazing thing about this thing of encouragement and, and just simply, I, I got to be honest with you, I still struggle with it at times. At one point, I wanted to go into medicine. I love medicine. I would have loved to have been a doctor, but I told myself I was never smart enough to be a doctor. You still fight back those shameful messages in your adulthood. I know I, they creep up sometimes. They creep up often, and especially when I have opportunities to speak. I go, what do I have to say? Who would want to hear anything? So encouragement, it's the tool that battles the shame that battles the untrue messages about ourselves because encouragement, are, it's truthful things about the people around us. It's the truthful things. We're not blowing smoke when we encourage others. We're authentically communicating their qualities, their attributes, the things that we love about them. Encouragement costs nothing. It doesn't require a box or wrapping paper. It doesn't require a card or money. It's an authentic expression from the heart of our love and appreciation. It's not based on conditions. It's not based on performance. Uh, Julie, I'll, I'll, I'll encourage you if, you if you perform well, because your performance is a reflection of me as your parent. So if you perform well, I'll encourage you, I'll, I'll appreciate you, but if you screw up, forget that deal. I'm not gonna encourage you. I'm not going to affirm you. Not based on performance and conditions. Uh, because, because it's hard to meet up to the expectations of others' performance of us. It's really hard. We cannot meet up to the expectations oftentimes of our parents, our spouses, our kids. It, it's really difficult. We disappoint each other a lot. So, 
Um, it's not based on performance. To me, it's, it's not because my child's performed well or my spouse or my friend. It's not if they perform well, but it's in spite of the fact. It's about who they are, not their performance. Encouragement. It's a process. And when we encourage well, we develop trust and we develop confidence in those around us. And it, what it does is ultimately it imputes a sense of responsibility. What we do is we tell others it's okay if you fail. I'm a failure too. It's okay. It's okay if you fail. But it's really about building self-confidence. It's really about going beyond someone's competence. <clears throat> One thing I love about weddings and meeting with Karen and Joe is I give every couple that I marry an assignment and that is I have them do a writing assignment and I have them write about their relationship and the things they love about each other. And it's the last session before they get married. And invariably I'm in my office and I can be tired. It can be later in the evening or early in the morning. And holy buckets, when I hear a couple like Karen and Joe talk about each other and what they appreciate about each other, oh, it's like blessing my soul. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to them talk to each other about how they love each other. And it encourages them maybe, but man, it so encourages me. I, I love that so much. Tell me what you appreciate about me. So without going depth, in depth into these scripture passages, just a few examples, Jesus. Jesus says in John 14 to his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in me because I'm leaving you with a gift of peace, a gift of peace of heart and mind. It's peace that the world can't give you. And Jesus says to the paralytic lying by the pool at Bethesda, he says, take courage, my son. Take courage. Your sins are forgiven. And that whole water walking thing we talked about the other night, John 6 and John in Matthew 14, when Jesus was walking on water, he said to his disciples in the middle of the storm, what? Take courage. Take courage. Do not be afraid. Over and over the message is in the New Testament and especially through Jesus. It's all about imputing confidence and courage. Paul does that. He has this guy named Barnabas and Barnabas's name literally means son of encouragement. And if you look at the Acts of the Apostles and read some of that, there's upon story upon story about Barnabas. But Barnabas, he, what he does is he stands up for Paul. He testifies to Paul. He puts his own reputation on the line. Simply expressing your love. But it's difficult for us to do that. So here's two simple examples. My mom had the gift of encouragement. And she was amazing. And my mom wrote this Latin word called caritas, C-A-R-I-T-A-S, on every document she ever wrote. And the word caritas literally means sacrificial love and mercy. And my mom died about a year and a half ago, 96 years old. This woman encouraged me. She built me up. My mom had me believe in I, I was Billy Graham. She was constantly encouraging me. So a year after her um, death, our kids got together and said, Dad, Mom, we're going to a tattoo parlor. 
and uh, we're going to get caritas uh, put on our, somewhere in our body, and I think it would be cool if you and mom did that. Jody said, um, my body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm there with you in spirit, but I find myself in a tattoo parlor, kind of a shady place with our three kids. But I want to get caritas. I want to get caritas uh, put on my, my massive right pipe. And uh, so I, 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 I didn't, I don't want to take up my sleeve. I don't, I don't want to be a discouragement for any of the guys in the room. But, um, but I, I brought a picture of that. Um, there it is right there. Caritas. One of my moments of prayer, flexing my pipe. Caritas. Unrelenting mercy. Unconditional love. Sacrifice. That's what encouragement does. You know, I mean, the church doesn't know this is blue chip. It's got to stay here. Church doesn't know I have a tattoo, but I don't really care. I love the fact that with my kids, every time I look at my arm, I think of my mom. And I think of what an encouragement. She's an amazing gift of building me up. I didn't meet all of her expectations. I never did. Our daughter, Kirsty, she has the gift of encouragement. She is unrelenting in her encouragement. This week, I send her a note. She was in a wedding last Saturday that I did. And I said, Kirsty, you're my rock star. I'm biased, but you were the most beautiful bridesmaid of them all. So proud of who you are and who God has created you to become. There's no wonder why your friend Kyle wanted you to be in her wedding there for her. You were poised, you weren't squirrely, and such a mentor and a teacher and an example to me and the many. Think the world of you. I couldn't love you more, Poppy. And here's her response. Daddy-o, Daddy-o, you're the best in the whole wide world. Seriously, I'm the luckiest little girl out there uh, to let me call you Poppy. I can't tell you how many people at the wedding told me that they think you're gifted. Gifted at what you do and how touching your message was. You're an amazing daddy. Thank you for always loving and encouraging me in immeasurable ways. Hope your Monday is beautiful and exciting. I love you, Poppy. Kirsty. Talk about speaking to my soul. Holy buckets. I've read this thing every day since you gave it to me. The power of encouragement. The power of saying, I love you. How come we don't do it more often? Okay, another assignment. And then I'm going to bring it home. Pete, what do I got? Two, three. Okay. So here's the assignment. Here's the assignment. You want to develop encouragement in your heart and soul? You want to learn how to freely give words of praise and affirmation? See, a couple reasons why we don't do it quickly. What happens is, is it's easier to criticize. It's easier to tell you how you don't meet my expectations than it is to tell you that I love this about you and appreciate this. And this is how you teach me. And this is how you guide me. And this is how I learn from you. Because we can so much easier find the fault in others. It's easier to criticize. And I think sometimes we don't affirm and appreciate and tell the people in our lives we love them because somehow we're going to have some we're going to lose some power to influence their lives. You're going to stop doing what I expect you to do and want you to do if I tell you how wonderful you are. I'm sorry. Just the opposite is true. Just the opposite is true. The more we encourage, the more we affirm, the more those we love want to please us, ultimately want to please God. 
I, I think it's difficult for men, generalization, man, I'm not slamming us, but it's true. I, I don't think we encourage because it's kind of a vulnerable thing to do. And if I encourage you and I tell you how wonderful you are, uh, uh, you might be vulnerable and, in, and encourage me, and that's kind of hard to accept. But I want us to be radical. So here's an assignment that is going to help you. It's going to propel you into that. And that is this. I got a piece of stationery, Family Fest. They, they spent money on this, not me. And envelopes. And I want you to identify somebody. I want you to identify somebody in your life. Somebody that has impacted you in amazing ways. Somebody that spoke into you in such a way that it gave you confidence beyond your abilities and competence. See, um, I want you to write a letter of encouragement. I want you to select that person who in your past had a major impact on your life. And I love giving assignments because I want to be a doctor or a college professor, but I wasn't smart enough. But here's the assignment. I want you to take a piece of stationery and I want you to take your time, not today, but over this course of this week. I want you to identify who that person is that encouraged you. And I want you to write them a letter. But here's the deal. Can't send it to them. Can't send it to them. I want you to make a copy of it and laminate it. And I want you to go to that person and I want you to sit with them. And if they're kind of suspect and curious, just say, you know, I, I'm fundraising for Family Fest and, <laughs> and, and we just need a conversation. I, so, but I want you to sit with that person and I want you to look them in the eyes and slowly with inflection and passion, I want you to read that letter to them. I want you to read the letter to them. And I want you to take a copy of that letter too. And I think if you're able to do that, you'll experience firsthand the power of encouragement. So we've given you a notebook and we're giving you a stationery and an envelope. Generosity is overwhelming. I want you to write that letter in the next week or two. Can't send it face to face an assignment, an experience of encouragement. See, God doesn't want us to train harder. He wants us to practice more. He wants us to practice gratitude. He wants us to practice encouragement. Okay, so I'm, I'm done, Pete. I, I talked way more than anybody should have to listen to me, but, but I want to encourage you to experience the power of encouragement. I want you to be reckless with your encouragement. I want you to know that I've never had a couple sit in my office and say, God, my wife, she just encourages me too much. Oh, my husband, he just appreciates me way too much. I mean, he's just constantly telling me how much he loves me and, and that I'm a princess. And, and I, it's, it's sickening. It just overwhelms me. <laughs> never had that. So I want you to become radical encouragers. And I want you to just watch a quick video of a guy who I experienced, I experienced an incredible amount of, incredible amount of encouragement from. He encouraged me. Uh, Peter was diagnosed. I, I've put a fleece before God. I've said, God, I'm, I'm willing to die from cancer. I'm willing to die from anything except ALS or Parkinson's. And, and it's interesting. People say, Rich, why do you talk about dying so much? Because dying is a part of life and we're all going to do it. Death and taxes. So I'm never afraid to talk about dying, but I also love to talk about birth and other things. But 
dying. This Peter came to me, came to the church three years, uh, just when his journey started of ALS. And he said, Rich, would you walk alongside of me? And that's what Jody and I and others in the church get to do is walk alongside of people. This guy was amazing. Peter never complained once. He was so gifted. His oldest son was in our son's small group. And anyways, Peter um, got to CLS. And the reason why ALS is so brutal is your mind stays sharp, but you become a prisoner of your body. So you can't move your arms and legs and most of your body. And you end up suffocating. That's how people die of ALS. They suffocate. They can't breathe. They don't have the muscle structure because of the way that it, it attacks their brain and, and their nerves. So Peter comes and, and we have this amazing journey together, visits upon visits and prayers and reading scripture. This guy's an encouragement to me. He's, he's amazingly courageous. And so I want you to just see a little bit of a video about something that he did not long before he died. An amazing experience. Watch this. I obviously did a terrible job of helping Joe on this, but I gave it to him right as I was walking up. Here it is. That's great. Right there. Uh-oh. Oh, we're going to get the weather. Here we are. Maybe. Yep, right there. Thank <laughs> you. 
it was interesting because I was I was wondering how how Joe, the the, the instructor I jumped with, was going to get me out the door because I was duct taped to him. I can't believe this. Here, Brian. I can't even look up. Tell me if they're coming. Oh, oh, there's. Oh my God. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. <laughs> Good. I think it's the greatest thing in the world to see Pete, despite what he has and despite being in the chair, to come out here. Amazing. They had to duct tape the guy, the jumper, to Pete. Every visit always finished with thank you, Rich, and encouraging me. Guy with really very little left in his body. A master encourager. I pray that we, that we will be like Jesus as encouragers. Let's pray. Holy God, thank you most of all for the memory of Pete and just for the many ways that he spoke into my life and loved me, even in the midst of ALS. And help us, help us not only to experience the power of encouragement from others, but help us to affect change in others by constantly finding ways to build them up Gracious God, truth be told, we are sinners and, and it's much easier to rip on each other and cut each other down. And, and, and it, a lot of that's fun and in jest, but, but help us to lead with encouragement. Help us to look those we know in the eyes and say, I love you, not because or if, but I just simply love you for who you are. You want us to do that because that's how you love us. Thank you for this truthful word to us. And thank you for your encouragement. In your holy name I pray. Amen.